Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. And Glenn Leverins. This is Morning Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Wake up, America. It's Monday, January 23rd. Good morning, and welcome back to the final hour of Morning Air. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn Leverins and our studio producer, Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for joining us across America and beyond on this Monday morning. It's always a joy and a privilege to be with you to start the week here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today is the National Day of Prayer for the Legal Protection of Unborn Children, normally on January 22nd, but observed today because it fell on a Sunday. Last hour, we recapped the historic 50th March for Life in Washington, D.C. with Eric Scheidler, the executive director of the Pro-Life Action League and the president of the March for Life, Jeannie Mancini. It was an outstanding conversation. If you missed any of it or Friday's March for Life special here on Morning Air, you can go to our Morning Air podcast and download uh, the show or the segments uh, at relevantradio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Today is all also, day six of the octave of prayer for Christian unity, which culminates uh, with the feast of the conversion of St. Paul the Apostle uh, this coming Wednesday. Want to bring in our morning air team, Glenn and Sarah. Glenn, what are a few of the stories making headlines this hour here on this Monday morning? Well, guys, still covering life in a big way. Of course, the March for Life on Friday in Washington, D.C. and several marches around the country. One in my old neighborhood, and uh, that was in St. Paul on Sunday, organized by uh, MCCL and uh, Minnesota Citizens Concerned for Life. Had a great chance to attend that. One of the powerful speakers, uh, one of the lead speakers there, author, previous guest on uh, on Morning Air through the years uh, here as well, author and speaker Alyssa Bormas, talked about hope so often we talk about it's bad, don't do it, which of course is all very true, but uh, that there is hope for those who've been part of the process. The truth allowed me to take a breath, and the truth allowed healing. As a Catholic, I sought out forgiveness through a priest in the confessional. I didn't know then, but he was already a great supporter of MCCL. Healing flooded my soul, and my, and my sorrow turned into joy. And today I'm humbled to stand with MCCL for life. In spite of our recent national victory, our work here has just started. Minnesota does not need more women walking out of abortion clinics carrying anvils of sorrow like I did. Instead, they need to walk out still carrying their babies. Powerful message at the Minnesota March for Life. Again, that uh, Alyssa Bormez. And uh, just a quick note, too, in Minnesota this week, folks uh, urged to contact their state senators. The uh, uh, state representatives in the, in the state house have voted to expand abortion unfettered across the states. And the uh, Senate still uh, trying to scrounge up a couple more votes to vote against that. Uh, it's going to be very close, but uh, folks uh, listening in the North Star State to be, be aware of that, John. And Glenn, uh, I was thinking, you know, uh, during uh, this octave of prayer for uh, Christian unity, We uh, remember that the pro-life movement is really the true ecumenical movement. It brings everybody uh, together, Protestants, uh, other Christians, and even some non-believers, all who believe in the sanctity of life. 
Oh, that's absolutely true. And uh, part of one of the first conversations I had some 20 years ago with a, a Catholic co-worker here at Relevant Radio when I was not yet Catholic. And uh, that's something we talked about being on the, the same side about. Absolutely. Meanwhile, uh, something that you and I uh, keep an eye on, and that is uh, the NFL playoffs. Yesterday, the conference finals, the San Francisco 49ers uh, beat the Dallas Cowboys 19-12. to uh, The Niners will uh, take on uh, the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC championship game. In the AFC, the Cincinnati Bengals uh, won on the road, surprisingly, at Buffalo against the Bills. 27-10 was the final, as heard on CBS Sports. Facing pressure. Goes over the top, wide open is Chase, and he splits the defenders for the touchdown to the end zone. Open, wide open, Hurst hauls it in for another Cincinnati touchdown. And so the Bengals are red hot. They've now won 10 in a row. Next up, uh, at the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC title game this weekend. So it's going to be a big weekend. The final four, uh, the road to the Super Bowl is all set, Glenn. Hey, absolutely, and uh, it's going to be a tough one for Kansas City with the Bengals on a roll, and it's a high ankle sprain for Patrick Mahomes, hurt in Saturday's playoff game for the Chiefs. He'll play, but uh, he might be hobbled a little bit, but uh, he has a great game spirit, and so he'll be ready to go as possible. He's played through a similar injury in the past, and uh, that'll be a good one. The AFC game at night at 530 Central, NFC uh, be the uh, Eagles hosting the Niners. That's at uh, 2 o'clock Central on Sunday. It'll be interesting to see how well Mahomes does because, as you know, he uh, counts on being able to move around. And with a sprained ankle, that takes away a, a big, important part of his game. So uh, we'll see how, uh, how quickly he heals. It'll be good. All right. As always, uh, thanks so much, uh, Glenn and Sarah. Sure thing, John. On uh, this uh, National Day of Prayer for the Legal Protection of Unborn Children, uh, we uh, continue to pray here this hour. Uh, Continue to pray to our Lord, uh, invoking the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary, in a special way for all the unborn children. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of Relevant Radio, pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit when we pray. Come, Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Morning Air Show. And if you want to send us an email, the address is morningair at relevantradio.com. Now, this morning, we're going to continue our new series on morality, virtue, and freedom with our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters. Today's show, we're going to talk about man's freedom, and we're going to focus on how we get to our destination through the use of our freedom. Joining us live is our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters, the pastor of St. Isaac Jogues Parish in Hinsdale, Illinois, the Chicago Cubs Catholic chaplain known as the baseball priest and a longtime morning air contributor. Good morning, Father Burke. Thanks so much for joining us. Great to be with you here on this uh, National Day of Prayer for the Legal Protection of Unborn Children. 
Good morning, John. Yes, good to be with you. And, uh, you know, as we've, you've been talking about this, Roe, Roe v. Wade was overturned, but there's still um, a lot of work to be done. I think for me, uh, the prayer is just for a change of hearts. Um, I, I was raised in a you know non-Catholic pro-choice home, and uh, I didn't know any better. And But it wasn't until I started to you know, study Catholic theology and come to understand the the beauty um, of our of our teaching that you know the dignity of every human life from conception to natural death. That I just saw the beauty of the truth and I thought, wow, what have I been? And I wasn't an active supporter of pro-choice; it was just a belief. But now, you know, obviously, when I came into the church and then eventually to the seminary, staunch pro-life advocate, and so I think. For me, it's uh, uh, the legal part's important, but even more important is is a change of heart for people to realize that uh, every human life uh, has dignity and, and deserves a chance to to live at every stage, uh, especially those who have no voice in the womb. Absolutely, the the legal part is important. Uh, overturning Roe v. Wade was obviously uh, historic, but uh, we don't just want to change laws, as you're saying. We want to change uh, hearts and minds, and ultimately to make abortion unthinkable. That's really uh, the end game. Right. I I always think, boy, I'm so grateful that my parents chose life, <laughs> and uh, you know, so. Uh, that's when I'm in a conversation with someone about the topic. I, I think, well, you know, your parents chose life and thank God they did. And uh, if we all choose that, do you think of all the, the babies and who, you know, would have grown up and contributed to society that didn't have that opportunity. Um, that's what, uh, that's what I'm praying for is it if we can, uh, as we've noticed, you know, even though the law uh, has changed uh, many hearts, haven't, um, so let's pray for a change of heart and, and for people to see, you know, that these unborn babies, that, you know, people in hospice care, uh, the, the immigrants, the poor, everybody uh, deserves uh, respect, has dignity. And uh, because they're, they're children of God, um, you know, God decides when life begins and God should decide when, when life ends here on earth. Our, our souls are going to live forever. Um, but, uh, you know, some don't have the opportunity to, to have this life here on earth. Well, Father Burke, I really do appreciate uh, your spiritual perspective uh, on this day in which uh, uh, we need to pray uh, for all those unborn children that need that legal protection. Um, let's continue with uh, your new series on morality, virtue, and freedom. Um, th- this morning we want to talk uh, about uh, uh, the faculties that we have of intellect and will, uh, responsibility, and freedom. Yeah, so uh, last week we talked about how every human being has uh, an, an intellect and will, those two beautiful faculties. So the, the intellect is what... Um, kind of informs us, it leads us to what is good, true, and beautiful. Uh, and then the will is, is that faculty that, that acts on it. And St. Thomas Aquinas said through the, through the fall um, of Adam and Eve, we have concupiscence and our intellect is darkened and our will is weakened. And boy, don't we know that, you know, and St. Paul knew it too when he said, 
I do the things I don't want to do and don't do the things that I should. And I, every one of us has experienced that. And that's because our, our will has been weakened and our intellect has been darkened. And the evil one is always going to try to confuse that, you know, to say, to tell our intellect, this is what's really good. This is what's going to lead to your ultimate destiny. And he's just leading down a, leading us down a path of sin away from God, where if we in, inform, you know, our, our intellect, if we study, if we learn what is good, true, and beautiful, and we participate in the sacraments and we're receiving God's grace on a regular basis, uh, it's, it's God's grace that enlightens our, our intellect and strengthens our will to choose what is good, true, and beautiful, to choose what leads us to God. And that, um, that happens almost every minute of every day when we have choices. Now, not every choice is a, is a big moral choice, but throughout the day, we have opportunities to choose things that are going to lead us either toward God or lead us away from God. And that's, that's why this study, I think, is so important, because um, sometimes we just do things without reflecting on it, without realizing, wow, that decision actually is not uh, leading me closer to God, and I need to need to change that. Father Birkin, you talk about how uh, the intellect and the will uh, work together. Yes, so um, this is why, uh, you know, as Catholics, we talk about informing our our conscience, it's informing our intellect. It's it's important to to read and to study our faith. The beauty of uh, relevant radio is, you know, teaching us what is true, good, and beautiful. So the intellect and will work in tandem in that way where the intellect is, is presenting to the will, okay, this is what I need to go to our ultimate destiny. Last week, we talked about the vocation of man is, uh, is beatitude, which is, means true happiness with God. The way we're going to find true happiness and fulfillment in this life and in the next is union with God. And so we know that sin leads us away from God. And, and virtue leads us to communion and union with God. And so when we can start to build good, virtuous habits, the intellect knows what is good, and the will is strong enough to say, yes, I'm going to do it. Uh, a simple example, this isn't a big moral decision, but think about, um, like, I love chocolate and sweets. <laughs> and uh, Me too. My, <laughs> intellect, <laughs> my intellect knows that eating you know, chocolate cake all day long is not going to be good for my body. But sometimes my will is very weak and it says, but, but that's what I want. <laughs> um, and so if I don't, uh, if I don't do things to, so I know, I know it's wrong all the time. It's not bad to have a piece of chocolate cake, but if I, if my intellect is saying this is what's good all the time and my will is weak, I'm going to have a big struggle. Um, but I need to know, okay, I've studied uh, health. I know that I need to get a good balanced diet. And now what do I need to do is I need to strengthen my will. I need, that's why fasting is an important thing to, to train the passion, you know, to say, you know, my, my instinct is to say, I want that chocolate cake all the time, but I need to train my will to say, yep, once in a while, but not all day, every day. It's a very simple, simplistic example of, bigger decisions in life that become big moral decisions, you know, like, um, 
let's say, you know, pornography, which is so uh, rampant in our, in our world, um, the, the devil wants to tell our intellect that this is a good thing. And, and our will is weakened to say, I, I can't, I can't resist it. Um, but if we study this and say, well, I know that this is not good for, uh, not good for my soul. It's actually, you know, objectifying women and, and things like that. Now, my will, I need to strengthen my will. I need to, I need to fast. I need to pray. I need to frequent the sacraments of um, the Eucharist and reconciliation to give me strength to say, yes, I know that's wrong. And I, I want to have the, the strength of will to say, to say no to that. So that's, that's a couple of examples how, of how the intellect and will interplay in making moral decisions. And Father Burke, you could say that God is a, a gentleman. Uh, he gives us uh, the gift of free will, but it's also a, a mystery in many ways uh, how that all works. Uh, he uh, allows us to choose Him freely. Yes. Uh, you know, I think all of us at some point or another in our life say, well, why did God give us this free will, you know? Because uh, it's so hard. It's so hard to choose God all the time. Um, but think about that. It, it is such a gift. If we didn't have free will, we would not be able to love. We would be walking around like robots, which would be, we wouldn't have the, the beauty of life to say, wow, when I wake up in the morning, I have this gift of free will and I can, I can choose things. I, I have autonomy. Um, and along, but along with that, you know, comes that responsibility that you mentioned that that freedom. So, sometimes we think freedom means I get to do what I want, when I want, how I want it. Um, but that's really not true freedom. True freedom uh, in God is is the ability to choose the things of God on a regular basis. It's building a life of virtuous habits um, that continually lead me closer to God. And so with that freedom, we talk about responsibility that because I am a, a human person and I have the free freedom to choose, I'm also responsible for my actions. And uh, with with that comes consequences and, and responsibility. So what we're trying to do uh, in the second session is to help people realize our faculties of intellect and will and to stop and think about decisions that we're making, you know, consciously deciding to move closer to God and to realize that there are, are consequences to our actions. Um, if we tie this to um, the pro-life movement, you know, that we're, we're, you know, praying for the unborn today, what's happened is, you know, we haven't talked much about, you know, um, sexuality and, and abstaining from sexual relations until we're married. And, and that's kind of led to the situation where people want to have sexual relations because they, they think it's good for them. The, their will is, is choosing, you know, premarital sex. And then, you know, somebody might get pregnant and then they've got to make a decision to, you know, what do we do with this life? If we can scale that back and say, you know, the beauty of our sexuality is, is meant for the sacrament of holy matrimony. And if I abstain from sexual actions outside of marriage, which those actions are not good for us, not leading us closer to God, then this um, uh, this pro life movement would take on a whole new um, a whole new meaning for people. 
And Father Burke, I, I've always uh, moved uh, and inspired when I heard over the years the words of uh, St. John Paul II uh, saying, uh, here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. Uh, can you talk about uh, just the beauty of trying to do God's will every day? Uh, he, I know he was inspired by the Psalms that talk about doing God's will. Mm. That made me think of my own ordination. That was the the psalm refrain that that was sung. Here I am, Lord. I come to do Your will. When we were ordained, we literally lay down on the ground, laying down our lives for the Lord. But but it's a call for every single one of us to to do the will of God. Um, Jesus says, "The one who listens to my word and puts it into practice is my mother, my brother, my sister, who become part of God's family. We're living in His grace and and finding that." that joy and freedom of doing that. So that's what, uh, that's what, you know, our big vocation is to seek what is God's will for me, priests, priesthood, religious life, marriage, consecrated single life, but on a daily basis to stop and, and think, okay, God, what is your will in this situation? Now, you know, deciding what socks to put on in the morning is not a, a moral decision, but again, we're presented with a lot of these decisions throughout the day. Gosh, am I am I making the decision that's leading me closer to God? Am I doing God's will? And when we follow God's will on a regular basis, that's when we are moving toward our our beatitude, our our true happiness in God. Amen. Uh, we'll have to leave it right there, Father Burke. Uh, outstanding teaching as always. Really appreciate it. Uh, thanks so much uh, for being with us here uh, on uh, this day in which we're reflecting and praying uh, for the legal protection of unborn children. You're welcome. Always happy to be with you. And as a as a Philadelphia Eagles fan, I'm excited about the matchup next week too with the the 49ers. That should be a great game of the NFC Championship. May the best team win, Father. <laughs> thanks Thanks again. Father Bergmaster is the baseball priest and the longtime morning air contributor. We need to take uh, a short break when we come back. Award-winning author and internationally known Catholic speaker Marsh Fenelon will be with us to explain the spirituality of womanhood, living our faith with Mary as model. So stay with us on this uh, Monday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air. Jump into the conversation. Call 888-914-9149. And welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us on this Monday morning, the National Day of Prayer for the Legal Protection of Unborn Children. Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life this morning is from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. God's ways are not always our ways. As Catholics, we need to trust the Lord with all our heart and not on our own understanding. God sees the big picture and is always, always looking out for us. At the end of the day, trusting the Lord is the most important thing that we can do. We need to trust the Lord with a childlike trust. 
It's the point of the Divine Mercy devotion, and that's why we pray every day in the afternoon, uh, along with uh, Drew Mariani and our relevant radio audience, Jesus, I trust in you. Now I want to talk about our Blessed Mother Mary. The Catholic Church teaches us to imitate Mary, but how can we uh, do that? She was immaculate, uh, full of grace, and we're so imperfect. Imitation of Mary requires us to first study her life and then to incorporate the virtues that she possessed into our own personalities, circumstances, and everyday life. We're now joined uh, live by our award-winning author, internationally known speaker, and uh, Catholic media personality, uh, Morning Air contributor, Marge Fenelon, to discuss the spirituality of womanhood, uh, living our faith with Mary as model. Marge is the author of several books, including Our Lady Undoer of Knots, A Living Novena, My Queen, My Mother, A Living Novena, and her latest book, uh, America's Mary, the Story of Our Lady of Good Help. Uh, again, if you want to be part of the conversation, 888-914-9149. Good morning, Marge. Thanks so much uh, for joining us. Great to be with you once again. Oh, good morning, John. Great to be here. Always a joy to, to talk about our Blessed Mother uh, with you. Uh, tell us uh, uh, about uh, the uh, spirituality of womanhood. What is this? Well, it, it, it's something I came up with, so you won't find a movement based on that. But, but basically, it, we know that a spirituality is the way we live our faith. That's, that's a, a simplified definition of spirituality. Well, the spirituality of womanhood is the way we live our faith in a uniquely feminine way. So, for of course, for the ladies, it, and I, why you know, why is this important? And I, I think, especially today, as we're looking at the the National Day of Prayer and realizing that the image of woman in general in these present times has been desecrated. Completely. I mean, we're we're telling women that what their body does naturally, beautifully, by the grace of God, is an ugly, terrible thing, so much so that they, they, should, they should kill the child in, in their womb. So this idea of spirituality of womanhood draws from our, I would say, our vocation to be holy women in imitation of our Blessed Mother. And right now, in our present times, I would say that we are in desperate need of that, desperate need of women who are spiritually strong. Well, our culture is uh, teaching just the opposite uh, of imitation of our Blessed Mother's virtues. It, it seems like everywhere you look, uh, in, in the movies, on TV, in social media, uh, the images uh, that are being portrayed of, of women and of, of femininity are, are just the opposite. It is, and and we need to counter that in whatever way we possibly can. And I mean, this is this could be simple, simple stuff, John. Yeah, you know, you think of the whole the whole landscape, and you think, wow, this is impossible. This is this is like a, a a demon that was let loose, and in in many ways it is. But but each woman, each one of us, if we could begin to change our ways and model ourselves after the Blessed Mother, just by our existence, our presence, those people around us are, are affected. 
and and I've witnessed this and my not that I <laughs> not that I'm perfect by any means but I do strive very very hard to be I always am conscious that that I'm not only representing March Fenelon right now it, where I am and what I'm doing but I'm also representing my my blessed mother so that people can become connected to her and get at least <laughs> I pray a little slice of who she is through me Marja, how challenging is it to try to imitate our Blessed Mother? Like I said at the beginning, she, you know, she is the Immaculate Conception. She's full of grace, and uh, every one of us, uh, and I, obviously we're, we're speaking primarily about women, but not only women, because men have a lot to learn also uh, from the virtues of our Blessed Mother. But how can uh, regular folks, uh, women especially, uh, imitate uh, Mary? Well, granted... I mean, she was she she never suffered the effects of original sin, and and we do. However, she was a living, breathing woman on this earth who who really experienced the human condition because she was human. So we have really a lot in common with her. She has a lot in common with us, and and if we think about that and look at our daily lives, where can we adjust? And and I think, as her her example, we've got in our in in scripture, we have more examples I think than we realize. You know, people say, "Oh, there's not a lot of Mary in the in the in scripture." I, I beg to differ. And if we look at these times where we encounter her in scripture, so I when I when I talk about spirituality of womanhood in in retreats and and conferences, I I, I pinpoint six six of her outstanding qualities and, and characteristics and, and tie those to specific events in her life. So, so the, the, the different characteristics, trust, and endurance, excuse me, strength, hope, faith, and joy. So those are the ones, and there are many more, obviously, but those are the ones that I capitalize. And, and I, I, I'm glad you brought up the guys, John, because the men can also exemplify as best they can uh, these same these same characteristics and qualities these virtues of the blessed mothers if you look at the annunciation where we see her as it, she uses the term handmaid men might use the word servant and and you know she her she she doesn't know how she doesn't know how this is going to happen but she trusts that god has this in his hand she trusts that he will lead her through whatever is to come and she says yes and we can work hard to apply that in our own lives we're always presented with situations where we think well how in the world is this going to happen am i strong enough do i know enough? you know on and on and and if we're sure, excuse me if we're sure that god wants that then all we need to do is trust that he's going to carry us along, that he's going to lead us through that. So that's, that's the Annunciation. How ironic that, that I picked, uh, you know, uh, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart as the uh, scripture of the day, uh, tying in perfectly to the importance of trust. Obviously something that our Blessed Mother Mary uh, did in, in a, a really special way. Absolutely. I mean, it just, it's, it's, when you think in human terms, it's preposterous. <laughs> I mean, she was she was a virgin. She had, had pledged to be a virgin, and here here she's being told she's going to be pregnant. I mean, that's that's a lot of trust. 
that is a lot of trust. And if we if we look at the nativity, I I look at the nativity when I when I think about her, what qualities she might exemplify there, I see real endurance. You've got this young mother giving birth in a very difficult situation. They weren't rich, we know that, Mary and Joseph, and, and yet she's, she's, she endures. Why does she endure? She endures because she understands that she has a very important mission. Each one of us, John, has a very important mission. Not the same as giving birth to Christ, obviously, but but in in a, in a symbolic sense, we do give birth to Christ. This is our mission to bring Him to others, like the Blessed Mother did. And and this this endurance, where I'm I'm just going to make I'm going to do the best. I can with what I have, with what God has given me at this moment. And we all can do that. We all can can work hard to emulate that, her endurance at the nativity. Think then right after that, what happens? They have the flight to, to Egypt. She they have to she and Joseph have to get up in, in you know, you imagine in the middle of the night and flee. They they have they're trying to save the life of their son. And here I see her as as a woman of profound strength because there's i mean from so many different aspects not only are you on on the run taking care of a newborn or, or at least a small child depending upon the scholars opinions of that but but you're taking care of the small child without your home without the things that you normally would have to care for a child, and and you're going to this place you've never been to, to before. You don't know anything about this place, and then and then put on top of that the fact that you've got these bloodthirsty killers after your son. Phenomenal strength in our Blessed Mother, and and I have to say, of course, Saint Joseph too, because they were traveling together. But but right now we're focusing on on the Blessed Mother. So this this profound strength. And where does she get that strength? She gets that strength from God. Where do we get our strength, <clears throat> excuse me, in in adversity from from God? We're all faced with that adversity. We're all faced with our our mini flights to Egypt where suddenly uh, the whole world is turned upside down and we're trying to figure out well how do we proceed? And so profound strength. And we need to ask our blessed mother for that. Well, we've just gone through just a, a few of uh, the outstanding uh, qualities and virtues that our Blessed Mother uh, um, possessed, uh, trust, endurance, and strength. I want to talk about uh, her hope, faith, and her joy um, after the break. I want to invite our listeners um, if you have a special devotion to our Blessed Mother Mary, if you try the best you can to imitate Mary in your everyday life, you want to uh, share how she's interceded in your life uh, or have any other comment or question for Catholic author March Fenelon, we're taking your calls at 888-914-9149. We're talking about our Blessed Mother Mary, 888-914-9149. We'll take a short time out and we'll continue our conversation with March. Stay with us. There's more on the other side. Looking at life from a Catholic worldview. This is Morning Air on Relevant Radio. 
888-914-9149. If you want to be part of our conversation, we're talking about uh, some of the outstanding qualities and characteristics of our Blessed Mother Mary, uh, things that we can learn about Mary to to imitate her as we continue our discussion uh, with uh, award-winning author and internationally known speaker, Marge Fenelon. Uh, Marge, uh, before the break, we were talking about the Blessed Mother's trust, endurance, and strength. Let's talk about her hope. Her hope. I, I, I have to think of immediately the wedding at Cana, her, her hope. And think about this. She sees this young couple. They are, they're, it's their wedding feast. They, they run out of wine. And so being very attentive, I always think of her as the very attentive mother there. She, she doesn't want them to be embarrassed. She wants them to be able to continue celebrating. So she petitions her son to, to what can you, I know you, I know you have the power to do this. Will you? And she doesn't know for sure that he will take care of the situation. But she has great hope that he will. And and I think so many times in our lives we have those situations where where we're out of wine. We're out of something. Maybe it's actually, you know, our finances, maybe it's just we're out of uh, we're out of strength, we're out of out of ideas, out of answers. And and so we can turn to our blessed mother in, in as this this woman of profound hope and ask that our our water be turned into wine like Christ did at Cana. So that, that woman of profound hope, she, she had that hope, yep, he will do something to help this couple. And at the foot of the cross, I'm, I'm just kind of moving on because I'd like to open up the discussion too if we have callers, but at the foot of the cross we see her then in a very different light. She's, she's grieving and yet she is the woman of profound faith. You know, it looked like everything was lost. You know, their their hero, so to speak, was was being crucified. You know, and all of this time he had been teaching and and being with his uh, his disciples, his followers, he was with his mother, and now now he's about to die. And yet she has this faith that, no, no, this, there's a reason for the suffering. There's a reason I must, I personally as the mom must endure this for the sake of my spiritual children. And she has great faith that no matter how bleak things look, God will turn it into something wonderful. And we can absolutely work to, to imitate that in our own lives. No matter how bleak things are, John, we can have that faith that God will make something wonderful of it. And we can't, that's, I think, paramount to our daily lives, is that, that constant faith that no matter how ugly things look in our lives, that, that he definitely will create something wonderful from this. And obviously we know that from the resurrection, is and, and it, this leads to the, the last quality, the joy of our Blessed Mother. And I think of that, of her in the upper room as that perfect disciple of Christ. She has this profound joy, not only now over the, the resurrection, but the founding of the church. And, and I, I just picture her just just being beside herself with joy. She watches these these men, these followers, these close friends of her son who were cowards on, on Holy Thursday. They abandoned him, and now what are they doing? They're out there in the streets preaching and baptizing, with, knowing that they, they could be killed, 
just as Jesus was. And so that, that profound joy, we too, you know, we're, we should be people of the, the resurrection. Yes, we, we focus on the, the crucifixion and in terms of the suffering of Christ, but we also have to live the resurrection, that joy that he has the power to overcome anything in our lives. When I, so, when I think of the Blessed ahead. Mother's joy, uh, I think of her as the, the spouse of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, it's been said that joy is the infallible sign of the presence of the Holy Spirit. So obviously she was filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, absolutely. I, you know, I, I often tell people laughter is, is the Holy Spirit leaking out from you, <laughs> bubbling up <laughs> from inside of you. And, and I mean, good, holy laughter. And I, I, I would love to, John, wouldn't you just love to hear her laugh? Absolutely. I just, <laughs> I, just I, I, want to, I want to be in that upper room and hear her laughing and so joyful, realizing that the Holy Spirit, hi, hi again. <laughs> I saw you at the Annunciation when our Lord was conceived within me, and, and hello again, and here we are. Let's, let's get this church started, and, and, and just so joyful. And, and yeah, that's, that's my request. Blessed Mother, please, when I die, would you please laugh for me? <laughs> I just want to hear that. <laughs> How can we learn more about the Blessed Mother? Uh, obviously, uh, Scripture is is uh, is a great way to to meditate on on the life of our Blessed Mother because uh, there's a lot more uh, than you might notice at first. Definitely. So, so I would yes, studying Scripture, and and here's what I would recommend in terms of Scripture. Remember that she was there through Jesus' ministry. And we have that little bit of a shadow, you know, who is my mother and, and who are my mother and brothers, where they're saying your mom and your, your brothers are outside. And, and so we know that she was following along through his entire ministry. Now, whether it was on foot or just in her heart, but regardless, think of her in relation to what our Lord is doing and, and the impact that had on her and how she supported that. Aside from Scripture itself, I always, always recommend, and I still do this to this day for as much as I know about our Blessed Mother, I ask our Lord, please introduce your mother to me. So for someone who has very little relationship with her or knowledge of her, Lord Jesus, please introduce your mother to me. Show me who she is. And and oftentimes I will say, Lord, help me to love her like you do more and more deeply because his, his love is perfect. And also, t- teach me, Lord, teach me what you know about your mother. Help me to understand her better and lead me. And, and this is a key for those of us who like to read or watch videos or, or you know, any kind of information informatory, I think I just made up a word, but in any case, (laughs) to learn more about the Blessed Mother, to ask our Lord, please lead me to the resources that are best for me to learn more deeply about your Blessed Mother. If we want to really learn about the Blessed Mother, all we have to do is pray the rosary and, and meditate on the life of our Lord through her eyes. That's why it's been called the prayer of the gospel. It's a great way to get to know Mary even better. Absolutely, because in that time, and especially if you go into it with that same attitude, with that same petition, help me to learn more about your mother, Lord. Blessed Mother, help me to learn more about you. 
they will they speak to your heart while while you're praying i mean ask them and i would not that you're going to you know suddenly have this this revelation of an encyclopedia of mary but but that you will slowly begin to understand more and more about her exactly that just through praying the rosary uh, marge would you say that um our blessed mothers vocation uh, has been for now over 2,000 years to lead us to her son, Jesus. Do whatever he tells you, and this is why she is uh, the perfect one to imitate and the perfect intercessor for all of us. Oh, mo- most definitely. You know, her. the only reason for her existence is Jesus. The only reason for Mary's existence is Jesus. And so they, the two are inseparable. She was born to give birth to him. She lived for him while she was on earth, and she continues to live for him in the sense of of caring for us as God's children. And that never, that will never, never end. I'm thinking to myself, uh, this is not just only for women. I think men need to listen up as well. There's a lot that we as men can learn from our Blessed Mother's uh, virtues that we can learn from her humility, just for starters. Uh, yeah, I, well, for sure. And, and that's why I'm always, you know, I, like I said, I do, I do talk a lot to, about this to conferences of women, but I've also spoken in mixed, to mixed audiences. And in, sure, Mary was a woman, but, but the qualities, remember that, I always, I always remind the guys, she was the first and most perfect disciple of Christ. If we think of her as disciple and all of those qualities, most definitely could, it's, it's, it's what, is, what would be the word cross-gender? It's for, it's for men and women to, to imitate. You know, you don't, strength isn't just a feminine thing. We know that for sure, that it actually tends to be more of a manly thing when you just think of physical strength. But, but interior strength is for both men and women. I'm reminded of uh, our relevant radio CEO, Father Rocky, who has talked about, uh, is it possible to love Mary too much? And the answer always is, of course, no, because we could never love her more than Jesus loved her. And uh, so I really appreciate uh, your your perspective uh, on our Blessed Mother and uh, what uh, women can learn from uh, the spirituality of Mary. Uh, Marge, I, I, thanks so much uh, for being with us here uh, on this Monday morning. You are very welcome. Thanks so much for the invite. And for much more, you can go to MarsFenelon.com. She has written some outstanding books on Our Blessed Mother. And now it's time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today is called You Have to Steer by Joseph Mazzella. When I was a boy, we used to live across the road from a big hill with huge oak trees growing out of it. When winter would arrive and thick, heavy snow would fall, my two brothers would grab their sleds and head over to the hill for a day of fun. I remember watching them with envy because I was still too small to go sledding. Finally, one winter, I was deemed big enough and joined my brothers as they carried their sleds up the long hill and prepared to ride down. The first few trips I rode with one of my brothers, I had the time of my life. It was such an exhilarating feeling, the wind whipping across my face as I flew down the hillside on the wooden sled. Near the end of the day, I was overjoyed, too, when my oldest brother decided to let me try riding the sled all by myself. I climbed on in full excitement. 
I laid down on my stomach and with one big push, my brother sent me zooming down the snowy hillside. I was doing pretty well until I hit an old stump hidden in the snow and went off course, straight toward one of those big oak trees. My eyes bulged in my sockets, my heart pounded in my chest, I could hear myself screaming. At the last possible second I rolled off and the sled crashed into the tree. I could hear my brothers running down the hill yelling, you have to steer, you have to steer. Sadly, that wasn't the last time I failed to steer when some obstacle knocked me off course in my life. Many times, problems, troubles, my own failings have sent me crashing into the trees of anger, frustration, and despair. I'm still learning that life isn't always safe sledding. I'm still learning that sometimes it's up to me to steer myself back to love, back to kindness, and back to goodness, back to God. Life is a trip. No one ever said it was a smooth ride. Steer well, then. Steer straight. Steer true. Steer your soul toward the light and love we are all meant for. Psalm 32.8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Thanks so much, Glenn, on this National Day of Prayer for the Legal Protection of Unborn Children. Let's play, pray the family rosary across America with Father Rocky at 7 p.m. Central tonight and every night of the week here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. That'll do it for this Monday edition of Morning Air for Glenn Leverance, producer Sarah Tafoya, Gabby Burke, our entire Morning Air team. I'm John Morales. Thanks for joining us. Let your light shine before all. God bless America and defend life. We'll see you tomorrow on the next Morning Air.